Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. We inspire executives, professionals, and business-savvy women to better their finances and overcome the financial stresses of life. We do all of this by giving the advice you need to identify your goals and the confidence to achieve them so you can retire to a life you love. Join us for this journey where we explore ways to win financially as Michelle draws from years of expertise and talks with today's top business minds about their wins, failures, and best practices. Welcome to Retire to a Life You Love with your host, Michelle Gessner. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, Wendy. I'm doing well. And you? Oh, oh, I am just loving that we are like in the throes of summertime. The warm weather is here and I ready. I'm sure because you're up in Canada, aren't you? No, no, Where it's I'm cold. Not, I'm in the States. I'm in New no, Jersey. You're in the States. Okay. Well, New Jersey, Canada, you know, it's all cold. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, today we will be talking about long-term care and yes. why do we need to be thinking about this? I don't want to think about this, Michelle, but why do I need to? Yeah, people don't really want to think about long-term care and I get it. It's it's a uh, it, it you know, it's part of the aging or can be, I hope, can be part of the aging process and who wants to think about aging at all, really? So it's that, going to happen though. So we, is, we have to yeah, face- we have to face age, aging whether we want to or not. And this is a subject that I think people just lack education on. So what I hope to do in today's episode is you just educate people about things they need to know. Okay. So what is it that I need to know? All right. Well, just recently I had to take a continuing education course. I'm taking those all the time, as you know, and I took one on long-term care. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I've been working in the long-term care space for quite a while, but it was nice to get the most, you know, latest and latest statistics. And I, I think that, getting that dose of the latest statistics, it it made me want to share them with our listeners today, because I I think they need to hear some of these things. And, and, and these are, these are all well-documented. So I would like to rattle off some statistics in, in the hopes of just educating our listeners. Okay. All right. So here we go. First off, there is a government statistic that says 70% of people age 65 plus 70%, that's that's a big percentage, will need some kind of long-term care at some point in their lives, whether it's assisted living or a nursing home or being cared for at home uh, partially or full-time. So 70%, that's a, that's a statistic that's been around for a while. Um, and I'm going to have in the show notes, some of these links so you can do some further reading if that's of interest. So that's the first one. So that tells us this is something we need to pay attention to. Absolutely. Women tend to outlive men by about five years on average. So they tend to have a higher risk of needing long-term care. And nearly one out of nine people over age 65 have Alzheimer's and one in three over age 85 have Alzheimer's. And this is a trend that is expected to double by the year 2050. Wow, really? Yeah, and and you know, that's that's not Ooh. good news, right? So no, it's not. Almost 2 thirds of Americans with Alzheimer's are women. 
And studies indicate that people age 65 plus survive an average of four to eight years after a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and some live as long as 20 years with Alzheimer's. So think about how expensive that can be if that's you or, or me. My grandmother had Alzheimer's disease. So it is something that I am very familiar with and you will definitely need care at some point. If if that's in your family um, or you know someone, you know how much care is needed because this is someone who cannot be left alone uh, depending on how severe it is. Um, a person who lives from age 70 to age 80 with Alzheimer's will spend an average of 40% of this time in a severe stage. And much of it will be spent in a nursing home. Now, these are facts and figures I'm rattling off uh, that are documented. I'm going to make sure they're in the show notes. Uh, these Alzheimer's figures are from the Alzheimer's Association. Um, another statistic to think about is just aging in general our aging population. In 2012, the number of people age 65 plus was about 43 million, which was 13% of the population. By 2030, it's expected to grow to 75 million, which is going to be 21% of the population. And by 2040 to 22% of the population. So clearly we're an aging population. And if this Alzheimer's trend continues, you can see that we need to understand what the facts are about long-term care. Yeah. So tell me, what is long-term care then exactly? What are you speaking of? Yeah. So long-term care is, there's actually a definition, okay? And it's a, it's a medical definition and it's defined as needing assistance with two out of the six activities of daily living, ADLs for short. And so the activities of daily living are things that we do every single day that we don't even think about for ourselves, such as bathing, dressing, being able to go to the restroom without help, eating and transferring. And transferring means getting up out of a chair, getting up out of a bed by yourself and then continence. So if you need to, if you have, if you're unable to, to perform two out of any of these six that I rattled off without help, if you can't do it without help, then you just met the long-term care definition. It's not necessarily medical care that we're talking about. Okay. Now I want to make sure that our listeners are aware that long-term care is not paid for by Medicare and it's not paid for by regular health insurance at all. This is a common and dangerous misconception that people make. The only payer that steps in to help is Medicaid, but to qualify for Medicaid, you have to be indigent, which means you have to have um, right now, in, in the, now again, hot off the press, just took the continuing ed course, about $2,000 to $3,000 to your name of what they call countable assets if you're single and just a smidge more if you're married, $3,000 to $4,000 of assets to your name. Okay, so clearly you're, you're, you're destitute, right? You have very little money and countable assets would be your bank accounts, your savings, IRAs, 401ks, annuities, a second home and a second car. Your primary residence is not a countable asset 
unless it's worth more than five hundred thousand dollars. Or if you have a spouse that lives in the house, then there's no limit on how much value the house can be, which is so generous of them. Uh, So basically, again, this means that you had to spend down your other assets before you can qualify for Medicaid. And I also want to state that Medicaid in many states, although this is starting to change, Medicaid only covers nursing homes and not at-home care, which guess what people want? They don't want to go to a nursing home. They want to stay home. But Medicaid will only pay for nursing home care in many of the states. This is beginning to change, um, but I just want to to throw that out. That out. Not go ahead. One of one of the things that um, I think people often hear about these nightmare stories of uh, the living conditions in nursing homes, and hopefully those are getting better. But yeah, it's something that you want to keep in mind that if you ever get to this point, you want to be in the you want to be able to choose the place that you go. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, some nursing homes are just not a place. Well, let's just face it; nobody wants to go to any nursing home, right? Um, but there are some that are less desirable than others. So again, you will want to be if if you if this is one of us, if we have to have some sort of long term care, even if it's just part time, you want to be in a position of choice. And the other point I want to make about this is that besides being expensive, which we we can talk about in in just a second, receiving long-term care is unpredictable and it's a huge emotional burden on the family. Emotional burden, forget about financial burden. Yeah, both. Now, who should be considering long-term care insurance um, and at what age? I didn't even realize there was long-term care insurance. I'm imagining it's probably pretty pricey though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there is long-term care insurance. Um, It is not cheap, but it's a lot less expensive than actually having to pay for all this out of pocket. Um, And so I want to talk about that so that people understand what their choices are. The first thing people should know is, is, um, you know, what age to get it. That's a popular question. So how old should I be before I think about getting long-term care? The the common misconception is that you should be older when you get it. This is not true. First, what you need to understand is that because approval rates decrease with age, the best time from an insurability standpoint is when you're younger. So ideally, you get it when you're under 50. And I've heard from a reputable elder law attorney, elder, elder uh, I think it's called elder care, elder law, that age 40 is not too young to get this kind of insurance. Now, you have a good chance of being approved up through your age 64, according to the statistics, but the approval rates drop significantly at age 70. And by the time someone's in their mid-70s, the approval rates are only about 50%. Okay. So now, what you, some of the question I have then is, mm-hmm. Does that mean you're going to be paying a lot longer? The the earlier you get it, the more you're going to have to pay, right? Not necessarily. You can get a limited pay option, a limited pay policy, which states, okay, I'm only going to pay for 15 years and then it's paid up, or I'm only going to pay for 10 years and then it's paid up. So there's there, they've changed the design of these things. You're, I think you're thinking about the traditional long-term care uh, policies, which you start paying and you just pay for the rest of your life. And those still exist. But most people are are turning away from those traditional policies and they're going to what's called a hybrid policy. Okay. I like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Better. Now I want you to know, and this is, a, I hear this so often, oh, I'll just wait till I'm, I'm older and then I'll just go buy it. Okay. You don't just go buy long-term care insurance. You have to be approved. And this thing about insurability is if, if you have a health issue now, such as a diagnosis of cancer or, or a history of cancer, or you had a stroke, or you're taking certain medications, which are on their blacklist, they have a, a blacklist, right? Not all medications, but certain, well, then you may not be insurable at all. So if your health is good and you know you want this type of coverage, there is no good reason to wait. You get it while you are in good health. Um, it's okay to be taking some medication. I'm not saying you can't take medication, um, but there are certain uh, blacklist medications and your health doesn't have to be perfect. But what I like to tell people is you're never going to get younger and your health is probably not going to get better in the future than what it is today. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm depressing you, Wendy. No, um, I'm just trying to think of all these different uh, scenarios and stuff. And I, you know, I don't like any of them, but yes, let's, let's continue. <laughs> all right. Well, some people will, you know, try to, to look at the other option, which is self-insure. So I want to talk about that too. Um, people will do their own retirement projections using online calculators they may find, or they may even be pretty Excel spreadsheet, you know, uh, uh, savvy and have good math skills and know-how. But the problem with all of these calculations is that people frequently make the mistake of forgetting that long-term care expenses may quite likely be in addition to their regular living expenses if there's a spouse involved. They don't realize that their assets may be severely depleted a lot sooner than they think, than, than they may think. Um, and, and they're not using the correct inflation rate for the cost of care, which is a lot higher than ordinary inflation. Cost of care is getting more wow. expensive. Why? Because I, I just rattled off all those statistics wow. about how we have an aging population. Um, the other frequent mistake is not understanding that we really don't know when we're going to need long-term care or if we're going to need long-term care. And so the timing makes a difference if you're planning to grow your assets to a certain level in the future, um, which is what self-insuring is. So for example, if you want to try to self-insure, remember that $1 in your portfolio equates to $1 of care. So that means if you need to spend $85,000 for the cost of one year in a nursing home, and that's, by the way, that's what it costs here in Texas. $85,000 is one year of care uh, for a private room in a nursing home. On average, or there are some that are more. So that means $1 of from your portfolio equal, equals $1 of cost of care. So you'll need $85,000 from your assets for one year of care per person. Now, if you live on the East Coast, which you just told us you live in New Jersey, Wendy. So in the East Coast, that figure is more likely to be $135,000. Great. Yeah. So since the average claim is about three years, and we just talked about how Alzheimer's claims can be longer and it's a trend, you, you should need about $255,000 on average in today's dollars, which is three years of care for each spouse that you set aside and don't touch. And you'd have to make sure the return you're getting on your money is keeping up with the cost of care 
which I, I mentioned is, is an inflation rate of about four to 5%. No problem. I got that. It's in my savings account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if we do want to self-insure, you need to set aside 255000 per spouse and invest it with a return of 5%. That's what you're saying. That's what I'm, I'm saying. And don't touch it. It's got to be earmarked because you you don't know if you're going to need it or not, right? Because mm -hmm. that's that's the whole idea. Um, we don't know if we're going to need long-term care. It's tempting perhaps to, to touch that money. If you're planning to self-insure, you can't touch it. So, and that's for a three-year claim. With an Alzheimer's claim, the number of years could be much longer. And that's why I recommend self-insuring only for people with above average wealth because otherwise it really doesn't make any sense. And even if you have above average wealth, it still may make more sense to use the leveraging power of insurance to get more for your money. And, and you don't get the resources also of a, of a, a care coordinator, which comes with the insurance policy. Hi, it's Michelle. As you listen to today's episode, you may be wondering about your own situation and whether you've done all that you can to prepare yourself for the retirement you love. If you're not sure, it's a good idea to reach out and not leave things to chance. I want to help, so let's connect for a call. You can find all of my contact information, including my social channels, in today's show notes. Now, let's get back to today's program. So for people who want to preserve their wealth for their family and not take chances with returns and inflation, or, or they just don't have the money to set aside for self-insurance, they should really start thinking about transferring some of this risk to an insurance company that provides this type of long-term care coverage. And, and when I'm working with someone who, who doesn't have the risk tolerance for this, who wants to to have uh, transfer this risk and have some type of coverage. I use what's called a hybrid policy, which is long-term care insurance built on a life insurance policy so that the premiums are guaranteed to never go up. And there's a death benefit for your survivors if you never end up needing the benefits. Okay. I like the sound of that. Um, so if we do want to choose this option, transfer the risk, how does it work? Yeah. So a, a hybrid lo uh, long-term care insurance policy, you get the benefit of leverage. So that means every premium dollar that you pay generates several dollars of benefits for care. So as an example, because people want to know, like, give me a really a life example. So for a 60 year old female using the 3% compound growth inflation option, which means this the benefits are going to grow at a guaranteed 3% rate to keep up with uh, the cost of care. If you have that on a hybrid long-term care policy, the premiums paid would generate a, a total benefits that would give a tax equivalent yield of about 10 to 12% because the benefits are not income taxable. So to do this on your own, you'd have to find an investment that provides an annual rate of return of at least 10%. And like I said earlier, this money would have to be earmarked for such an event, which means you can't dip into it for anything else. It has to be available for you for such an event. Okay, you've convinced me. I want the insurance. Now, how much does it cost? Yeah, so, so it's not cheap, but it's not 
as expensive or even close to being as ex- expensive as, as what these kinds of things cost in, in without it. So it varies by age, it varies by gender, and of course it varies by how much benefit you want to purchase. So what people don't understand is it's not all or nothing. You can design a policy to fit your budget. Um, I recommend that people buy what they can afford because in my view, it's better to have some coverage than no coverage at all. And, and like I said, you can you can try to fit your budget. But just to give you an idea, I do have an example of a policy that was designed for the minimum benefit allowed by one of the reputable carriers out there for a 50-year-old female who wants to put something in place now but cannot afford to buy the full amount. So in this particular example, we're going to include the super important 3% inflation rider, which guarantees that the benefits grow by 3% every single year, no matter what. And we're going to use the the six-year benefit duration. So this policy design could be as little as $244 a month, which is $2,927 annually. Um, so that design, okay, it's not, you know, it's not crazy expensive. It's 244 a month, which is not cheap, but this design brings in about $161,700 in total benefits today. And those benefits are guaranteed to grow to $455,000 by the time this 50 year old woman is now 85. So that means uh, just to put this in, in, a, a way you can kind of visualize for in today's dollars. So this would be only $2,250 per month in today's dollars for benefits and the cost of care in a nursing home. That is actually three times that amount. So you're not, you're not mitigating all of the risk. You're only paying for what a third of the cost of care, but at least there's some help with this exorbitant cost and you can stack these policies later by buying more coverage if you can afford it, just as long as you don't wait until you're uninsurable, which is of course a, a risk. Now, when you mentioned the using the six-year benefit duration, what does that exactly mean? Yeah, so these carriers are not gonna, um, they, they have a, a, a finite amount that they're gonna um, allow you to buy and they'll let you go as high as six years of care. Um, there are some carriers that will give you a lifetime of care so you could say, oh, well, I don't know how long I'm going to need care. Um, so I don't, I don't want to limit it to six years. I want, I want lifetime benefits. There is a carrier that offers that, but most of them will make you choose a finite amount of care, like six years worth, which should cover most claims uh, because the average is, like I said, two to three years, maybe four to six years. So that should cover most of the risk that you might have. Okay. So what other options do we have other than the uh, long-term care policies? Yeah. So now you're not going to like my answer, Wendy. Great. Okay. So the only other options that people have other than self-insuring or going on Medicaid, which we've already discussed, would be taking out a reverse mortgage. Now a reverse mortgage is a real method and it's definitely something that people can do. And I'm not against doing a reverse mortgage, but what that means is taking money out of your paid off house, if it's efficient, um, and not everybody has a paid off house or they'll have a house, but it doesn't really generate that much 
in the the amount that you would get from the reverse mortgage. So I don't think people should just depend on a reverse mortgage. The other option, of course, is asking your family to pay for the cost, which I know people don't want to do because it means losing their financial independence and adding a huge financial burden to the family. But what they can do if they, let's say they want long-term care insurance and they're insurable, but they can't afford it, you can um, perhaps in some families, you can ask your family to help you pay the premiums of the long-term care policy because it would be, frankly, a lot cheaper for them to do that than to have to just step in and and pay this huge uh, cost if you end up needing long-term care. So what I'm wondering is when you purchase one of these policies on long-term care, um, do you get the option of whether you can stay in your home and receive people there to help take care of you? Or is there a standard that you have to go somewhere and live there? Yeah, that's a great question. So these long-term care policies cover the gamut. A lot of them will cover, and obviously people don't want to go to a nursing home. So yes, they will cover the cost of you to stay home and receive out at-home care, or they'll cover assisted living or a nursing home or what's called adult daycare, which doesn't sound very good, but it's it's a place for maybe somebody with um, you know, some memory loss or dementia. They need to be watched during the day. Um and engage in activities. So they, they literally call it adult daycare. But my point is there are lots of options and yes, you can stay home. Okay. Yeah. Because that's really, you know, like you said, nobody really wants to go into a long care facility. Um, sometimes it's unavoidable, but um, yeah, if you can have somebody come into the house, that's always a much better option. Yeah. Now that's an expensive option. If, if it's actually more expensive than a nursing home, um, but maybe you don't need 24 seven care, you know, mm-hmm. so it then becomes less expensive. Um, but it's nice to have options and it's nice not to lose your financial independence. Um, so that's kind of what these things are doing is, is mitigating the risk. And if you don't need it, let's say, gosh, you know, you, you never need long-term care. Well, it's built on a life insurance policy. So the unused benefits go to your beneficiary, um, whoever that is, as a income tax-free death benefit. So oh. it's not it's not like use it or lose it like the old fashioned traditional long-term care policies, which people hated that. that oh, if I never need it, then I just paid for something I never needed and I, I right. lost all that money. So, yeah. so I'm glad they're changing that around. Yeah. And you can see I'm a, I'm a big fan because I, I just, uh, I just know that the trends are aging population and and it's expensive. Um, so, you know, it's nice to be able to do something, um, about it. Yeah. If somebody has more questions about this, how can they get in touch? Yeah. So if you have questions, you want to maybe talk about the possibilities and maybe understand if this is something that, you know, would be right for you. Or if you want to talk about any kind of financial planning, um, give me a call. Uh, you can reach us at 713-589-6448 or just visit the website, gesnerwealthstrategies.com. Oh, thank you, Michelle, for all this information. Sure. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to Retire to a Life You Love with Michelle Gessner from Gessner Wealth Strategies. 
We hope you were inspired to take steps to your financial freedom as you learned new techniques and strategies for managing your finances. To learn more about how you can improve your financial landscape, visit our website at www.gesnerwealthstrategies.com. That's G-E-S-S-N-E-R wealthstrategies.com. Or give Michelle and her team a call at 713-589-6448. And don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes are available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Michelle Gessner or Gessner Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.